Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Been a while since we've heard that theme music. Like, uh, Yay. <laughs> uh, greetings and salutations, uh, people, and welcome to the first Fragments of Silicon recording of 2016. And we really can't consider this to be the season premiere because this isn't a regular show. This is one of our reviews. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, hope you all had a good holiday. Uh, we're reviewing Life is Strange, as you can see from the title. And, yeah, we, well, some of us spent uh, a good chunk of the holiday season playing this game. Like, God, I think I spent about 25, maybe 30 hours on the whole game. Yeah, I spent, my steam clock is saying 22. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, uh, and that's kind of all the episodes. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've only played a little, but I've seen several videos of it. So, like several entire let's plays. So, well, that, uh, that'll I'm be handy. Fairly, I'm fairly familiar with stuff yeah. that I'm pretty spoiled for a lot of stuff anyway, so it wouldn't have had quite the same effect. I mean, it, how about you, ogre? <laughs> well, for God, oh my God! All right, hush now. That's for later. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. We've been going back and forth on how to handle this because we've played the entire game. We know all the plot twists and everything uh, connected with that. And this game is pretty new. Like, it's not, it's not a week from release or anything from that, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of our audience has not played it yet. And talking about this in depth is problematic because, well, spoiler territory. So we're basically going to divide this review into two parts. Now, we're going to have the first part, the overview section, and then we're going to actually use our transitional music for this episode uh, into the spoiler portion. So if you haven't played the game and want to play the game without spoilers, leave when you hear the transition music. Yes. Um, with you that, have been fairly warned, so if you complain about it later, yeah. that's on you. Yeah, we'll probably give another spoiler warning before we get before we get get into that section in depth. But after that, it's no holds barred. <laughs> and we're going to be having fun. 
And no so anyway, anyway, so I suppose we should start with what exactly is, life is strange. Um, what is it? Yeah, what is it? Sure, it's like the obvious video game. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay, outside of generic descriptors like that, it's a, um, I hesitate to use the word point-and-click adventure game because, well, this is a full 3D engine, and I, I guess you could uh, control it via mouse. But I honestly find uh, full uh, 3D adventure games control better with a controller. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the but point... It's, 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 a, it's a 3D adventure game where yeah. you occasionally interact with objects, but mostly interact with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's, a, it's a very modern adventure game. It's like if you've played any of uh, the recent Telltale games, you'll be right at home here, you know? um, uh, Walking Dead, uh, um, t- uh, Tales from the Borderlands, Minecraft Story uh, Mode, and so on and so forth. Now, it it works on that formula, but you know it does its own thing. Like, uh, you know, uh, so beyond that, actually, um. Also, like a Telltale game, this this is structured episodically. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's like yeah. uh, the game was released. Uh, well, the first episode was initially released back in April of 2014, and they had planned to release an episode about every month, I believe. Although something like that. Yeah. Although production uh, troubles started hitting them, I think, around uh, episode three. Like, I, I know the episode started slipping there a bit. Like, uh, well, maybe... Uh, yeah, it actually, it looks like they were released about two months apart in the beginning. Then July, uh, July and then uh, episode five was really delayed, uh, only hitting in uh, October. People were really waiting for the last episode because yeah. there was... There are cliffhangers. Yeah. Well, it's like in some of the behind-the-scenes ephemera, they mentioned that they they were trying to work on all five episodes simultaneously, but found out that wasn't really a good way of going about uh, developing the game series. You know, it was like they really needed to focus on one episode per um, release. Anyway, yeah. that's all a bit moot at this stage because, you know, the game is complete. You can buy the whole package. Um, in fact, we're reviewing this in conju- kind of in conjunction with the upcoming premium edition that's uh, coming out in February. That's the actual physical release. Mm-hmm. Now, that's also a sign of how well Life is Strange is done. Like, I like. I think I've seen sales figures quoted. Uh, this has been downloaded a million times across the various platforms, mm-hmm. which is yeah, it's quite good. popular for various reasons. Yeah, and yeah, the game comes to us from our friends at Square Enix Europe and their uh, partner developer, Don't Not Entertainment. They're a uh, French developer, and that's gonna come. Uh, we're going to discuss that in a little bit once we start dissecting the game proper, because that would explain a few things. 
But, yeah, this is their second game. Their first one was a, a B-tier action-adventure game called Remember Me. It's like, and... Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's less of a joke, and actually, I don't really remember that. Yeah. It was an interesting game that had some issues, you know. But, like, one of the things they seem to be uh, developing, granted, we're only two projects in, but I'm like, they seem to like having games that star a female protagonist. I think we touched upon it in the Square Enix Europe uh, interview, but, you know, Don't Not has had problems selling that concept to a lot of publishers. Mm -hmm. It's like... You know, because market segregation is a hell of a drug. It, 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 it's not just that, but you know, the the popular belief that you have to have a you know white male character in order to carry your um, production. Right, because you know, everyone knows that women will play things starring men, but men won't play things starring women. I have actually seen this logic used. So, no, it, yeah. I, 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 it is logic that is actually used. The tone of voice was for how stupid it actually is. Anyway, the the point of order is they, you know, they partnered up with Square Enix because, uh, well, as because our fr- Square Enix didn't ask them to change the character, the main character, into yeah. a guy. Yeah. Among other things. Well, as Phil noted, you know, they're the company of uh, Laura Croft, for example. Now, also, there's this, uh, you know. Apparently, reading up on cultural um, hang-ups, apparently it's much less less of a problem in Japan to have a woman lead your um, uh, production, you know, your uh, series. Mm-hmm. I'm like, which is very interesting, but that's a discussion for another time. Anyway, mm-hmm. the point is, Life is Strange is, is about, is a coming-of-age story about, Involving time travel, now, and I suppose I suppose the first warning about this game should be made here. If you're not into teenage um, interactions, um, I'm like young adult stuff, then avoid this game because you know the characters are teenagers mostly, and they act like it. Yeah. It, it's like if you if you can't stand that 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 teenage immaturity and you know vacuous interactions and shit like that, don't play this game because you now I've seen some mixed reception here as to how accurate and realistic the portrayals are here, but I'm like from my perspective. It was pretty damn accurate. Granted, I, I am at a, I think we are all at a disadvantage here because, you know, we cannot we cannot enter that world because you know we are neither teenagers anymore nor are we girls. Mm-hmm. No, and I don't think any of us here knows any. any uh, I have a twin sister. Well, isn't she like twenty three? Yeah. That's my point. We're talking about somebody who's 17, 18. This game does not reflect exactly experiences that we have personally had. Right. What I'm saying is, 
And that's, that kind of flows into the writing and some of the controversy, because I've seen people complain about the dialogue here, in the sense that, you know, it's not realistic. I'm like, you know, and it suffers from the um, extreme radical trope, or however you, you know, the um, totally radical trope. You know, it's, you know, it's a game. Kids using, kids using dumb slang that, you know, kids do actually sometimes use, but not always exactly the same slang. Yeah, in the, in the case of Life is Strange, it's not the slang that they use, it's the way they use it. Like, um, well, like Chloe's go-to word is hella. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Hella is a thing. Yeah, hella is, is a real... It's a real term. It's a real slang term. A West Coast slang term. Although, here's kind of where they messed up. A lot of the slang they use is West Coast, but it's California, not Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is in, I think, Oregon, Washington State. Oregon, I think they said. Yeah. In the very gray kind of uh, temperate, rainforesty area of... Yeah. But I'm like... And, you know, it's like, and some of it is cringeworthy, like hearing the word shaka bra. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I almost just threw up. Yeah, that, that, that was just... I'm, st- I'm still trying to get over the hello thing, because South Park made fun of that, and I'm still having trouble believing that was a real thing. I'm like... But shaka bra is just straight up... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were joking about that. And it's done all non-ironically. Yeah, but believe me, there are some other instances of cringeworthy uh, dialogue. Some of it was iron was meant to be cringeworthy, like some of the selfie mentions, like the (laughs) my selfie thing, like that was very clearly intentionally to be uh, meant to be painful. Yeah, but uh, God, the like the the serial. Um, she's going like God. I'm trying to remember how they put it, but it was like serial as as cereal, you know, cereal as in breakfast in food. a series versus breakfast cereal. Yeah, versus going to go like cereal. I think that's what they were going for. It could have been serious. I honestly, I honestly was too busy. Oh, is that another South Park thing? Like Al Gore super cereal? Could be, I, but I'm. Yeah. It's probably more based on the thing that South Park based their thing on rather than on the fact that South Park did it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah once again, saying South Park is <laughs> that is apparently being used. And... I'm like... yeah, the, the dialogue, I think it's fairly realistically cringeworthy. It's, it's cringeworthy in ways that, you know, I'd believe if I heard it in real life. It's cringeworthy. If it was realistically cringeworthy, somebody would have been smacked, apparently. Shut the bra. Don't do that again. <laughs> well, yeah. I know how I'm opening tomorrow's show. Well, yeah, yeah. So, some of it's cringeworthy in a intentional manner. Some of it is cringeworthy in a you really didn't know what you were doing manner. Like going back to Hella, it's not the use of the word; it's how they use it. Like apparently they, uh, you know, from I've seen from West Coast people who actually hear that word used. Um, no, you, Chloe doesn't use it right. The, even even the things that are not like 
used wrong as such, the inflection is sometimes a little bit yeah. off. But it's uh, but this is also accurate because I'm remembering back to my teenage years, and there was a lot of slang. There was a lot of dumb slang. There was a lot of cringeworthy slang. And, oh, like, oh, God, there's also some, um, how do I put this? White chicks and gang sign slang. Oh, God. Yeah, like, oh, God, I'm trying to remember who they they were mentioning in conjunction with. But I'm like, I definitely heard, uh, like, one of the white girls mention somebody as a biatch. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that was such a white girls and gang signs moment. Like, I think the resident click did that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's another thing. Like, um, the characters you encounter here are based on archetypes. Like, if you've watched a lot of teen movies, um, dating back, to, I'd say, um, back to the 80s, you're going to be familiar with, the, uh, with a lot of the characters here. Like, you got the alpha bitch... You've got the uh, jerk jock, you know, you've got the shy, nebbish, nerdy best friend. They get some, they get some character development and stuff. It's not like everyone's, well, yeah, but they are, they do fit nicely into. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 some get more character development than others. And I think some of that also depends on what choices you make. Uh, I think it, a little bit. It it does it, it does matter what route you go on. You know, like I, I do agree with um, Aaron Signal that I think out of the antagonists, Victoria got the most character development because they they started you know breaking away from her archetype in in episode one. You know, mm-hmm. like. You know, David Madsen and um, Nathan uh, Sullivan. Prescott. Prescott, there we go. Nathan Prescott, you know, the other two ostensible, you know, enemies. Um, Well, two of them, they are, you know, they are very... Nathan's development isn't so much he's not really, isn't so much that he's, no, he's actually has good traits so much as it's, so much as that there are reasons why he's fucked up. Actually, that's incorrect. Uh, like, uh, Canster kind of fucked up on that point. Like, or he didn't do the right um, choices because Nathan actually does get characterization. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, no, he, I'm not saying he doesn't get any. I'm just saying his characterization isn't so much he does. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. phrasing it badly. Sorry. Yeah. No, it, it's like I mean, for the most part, these two do come across as very two-dimensional, but they do start breaking away from that, you know, the further along you go in the episodes. You know, like, and, like, especially David Madsen, like, his episode five self is a lot different than his episode one self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially it almost sounds kind of off character depending on what choices you make. Yeah, and even Nathan, like like his final me- message, let's say, you know, we'll get into this in the into the other section, but you know, is very different than what was initially char- uh, characterized. Honestly, I think the person who was the most two dimensional was Warren. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's... Yeah. So... Yeah. For one of the, like, theoretically potential love interests in the game, he's not good at that. Well, he, he's, a good, uh, he's a good representation of, you know, the awkward and gangly nerd who really doesn't know how to, you know, engage the love interest. Sometimes borderline stalkery. That's kind of a thing, though. <laughs> uh, I think I think I mentioned this uh, somewhere online, but I'm like, the thing is, Warren is a character type that real life has ruined me, ruined for me, because I'm just okay. I'm supposed to take this guy, and he is in the game. He is, you know, for the most part, he's got some questionable moments, uh, but you know, for the most part, he is the earnest love interest who really doesn't have a chance. Because, you know, he's not very good at communicating his feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, But honestly... I I don't think it even has... I think that the most you can do is sort of... you like can, it, it, as a, there's no like war in end. There's just end where you're a little bit more affectionate towards him for help for him helping you. Well, you can mm-hmm. give him a you can give him a hug. You can give him a kiss at one point, you know, mm-hmm. or you can give him no affection. You know that doesn't that doesn't really have a bearing on the story storyline. I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of that's that's kind of one of his problems as a love interest. He's so underdeveloped that, you know. I guess some people connected with him, but I'm like, you know, you just didn't have a chance. I'm like, but my point is, he's the kind of guy I would expect wearing a wearing a fucking fedora, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if there's not to get to that, yeah. If you looked at his online postings, he'd be bitching about, you know, how he's not getting any action because he's being a nice guy, you know. But, I think he's a little bit of a nicer guy than that, but well, yeah, yeah he, he does have. What what uh, what I'm saying is, yeah, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy because he, he's fictional. I'm saying if he were re, if he existed in real life, he'd probably be an MRA. Yeah. Because he he wouldn't know how to deal with his um, inability to hook up with Mac. Mm. Yeah. And you know and at the end of the day his, you know his every you know his a lot of his um arc if you can call it that was pretty pointless. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean he does do one important thing. He does a few maybe two. He does a few important things. I'm talking about his actual arc. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like it really doesn't matter what choice you make with him. Uh, you know, but mm-hmm. I suppose we should get to the se- you know, to the se- uh, to the core here. And that is, you know, you're playing a character um named Max who's Maxine. Like Ma- that's a girl. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it was She goes by Max. Yeah. Yeah. In fact- Max Maxine Caulfield if you will. No. She is... Let's see. How to define her? Other than 
she does, I do agree with uh, Aaron Sigmund. She does suffer from a bit of main character syndrome. Um, she's the kid. She's the kid from out of town who came back after several years away, mm. and then, or she's the kid from. She yeah. was she was raised in this town and she was away for several years. I'm talking about her personality and stature. Oh. Like that's yeah. her backstory. Like her personality, you know, she's kind of a middle range geek girl. Like I would have said moderate hipster. Either or. Yeah, either or. It's like that's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the point is she's you know, she's geeky enough to be a social outcast, but not geeky enough to be, you know, on the fringes, like the go- like Alyssa the Goth Girl, or um, mm-hmm. Kate. You know, she like you know she she experiences bullying and all that bad shit, but she's also rather respected by most of the student body. Mm-hmm. You know. But, so that would put her right down the middle mm-hmm. in terms of social hierarchies. Yeah. Well, and and as it turns out, like for example, Victoria, like Victoria has her reasons for bullying Max, uh, but she also respects her secretly. You know, mm-hmm. More on that later. The po- you know the point is she's pretty average. You know, even though she's a female, she still suffers from that uh, um, cipher syndrome. Like she she's written pretty broad, she's written pretty bland. So um, teenage girl X can project herself into yeah. You're supposed to be able to yeah. put yourself into the main character. Yeah, and unlike what Aaron Signal postulated, that's not necessarily a bad thing. The problem is, you know, the conveyance of emotions isn't there. Some of that is the writing. Some of that is the uh, facial animations. Like, have we gone over the facial animations yet? Uh, Not really. We we hadn't really gotten to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I figured you were going to get to that when you did a graphical look at the game. Well, I think this is a good point to do that because yeah, because we talk any more about the overall plot, we're going to be getting into the spoiler territory. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, and it kind of relates to my point here. You know, the emotional conveyance of the work is undercut by the, quite frankly, under uh, you know the, I don't the subpar graphics at points. It's not terrible, but I'm like. It is just the in terms of gesture and environment, it's pretty good. Yeah. But like facial expressions are a real weak point, and that can be problematic when you're trying to do a story that is selling itself a lot on emotional and personal content. Like Max sometimes falls into the category of informed traits because you know people keep saying she looks intense. And some, yeah, and, a lot of emotion is delivered via characters telling people that they look like they're feeling for such an emotion yeah. because the graphics engine 
doesn't know how to animate a particularly set jaw and uh this partially could have been because of budget constraints but i also think it's because this is a game that is, this is a game that's between uh generations because yeah. life is strange is available for microsoft windows playstation 3 playstation 4 xbox 360 and xbox one so it's one of those games that and it's using the UE3 engine instead of the UE4 engine. And basically, you've got a game that is being done over uh, five platforms and using the older iteration of the engine. Like, I, I've, I, I've seen this happen with other games. Like, if it were a pure um, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC title, the graphics would have at least looked better. I'm not sure if they would have gotten the um, emotions down because that that could have been caused by other reasons, mm-hmm. you know. But I think every, every review I've seen, including this one, has made mention of the facial animations letting the narrative down. On the flip side, what what kind of compensates for that is the music. Now, yeah, there's re- really good. Um, yeah. Not Adonis, what's the word for when it's emotionally conveyed music? Like ambient background music. Oh. Like, Um. yeah, the the music in the game is, I I know what he's talking about, but I don't know the word for it. Like, it's very, uh, the music has very strong emotional resonance. Like, you know, some of the best tracks really augment some of the major decisions that uh, are made in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't, I can't really talk about what those are in this section because, like I said, a lot of the music tracks are really tied to certain scenes. Yeah, this isn't one of those mute soundtracks you'd get and go blast in your car stereo. Uh, are we talking about non-diegetic sound? I think that could be it. M- yeah, might be, but that's not that's not. Yeah, what it's I also called for. it. One of the things it does is mute music. Yeah, it's well, non-diegetic sound. Yeah, well, he, well, here's the thing: the, the soundtrack. I, you can basically divide it into two parts. There's the ambient stuff that plays during the game, and then there's the licensed tracks that play at certain points to highlight emotional resonance. Mm. Uh, And, like I said, I think the... Yeah, diegetic sound, is that's what it is when it comes from a source that the characters can hear. No, it's it's not diegetic for the most part. Like, Like, they won't notice the music. It's like... It's just, it's a really well planned soundtrack that well, it, it, resonates I, with the emotions in the story uh, when it's used. In keeping with teen um, cultural products, the music is done in the style of teen shows. Like, who else here is familiar with Dawson's Creek? Or sh- uh, only by reputation. Yeah. It. it, it, it it does music like that, you know, um, highlighting the very melodramatic scenes. You know, 
and it does them uh, quite effectively. Now, um, let's see. Uh, as far as length goes, uh, each episode is going to run you at least three hours. Now, your playtime is going to matter on how much detail you absorb because it's very easy to um, fast-forward yourself through this game. Like, you know, you go from um, plot point to plot point. But there's also, like, you can check your cell phone text messages, you can read your journal that you've written, that your character writes, presumably yeah. in the seconds where you're not looking at the menu. Yeah, th- there's a lot of flavor text. You know, there's a lot of adventure game storytelling of the traditional... You know, you look at the objects, and they will flesh out the characters kind of deal. And there's often... And there are, there are quote-unquote, secret pictures to take. Max is a photographer, so one of the things you can do is there are places in the game where when you get there, you get an option to take a picture. Yeah, that, that's right. Almost forgot to mention that, yeah, her, you know, she's go, she, Max is going to this, honestly, this kind of strange school. I, I don't... I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a, a high school, but then they switch it to a college. Well, no, I think, I think it's a boarding school, but it's it's a high school. It's a boarding school. Yeah, it's but it's like a extremely college prep. I, I, well, Max I is they, eighteen, so I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be college. It's it's a high school. It's like a it's like a senior year high school thing, and I'm like. I'm it like, might be more prevalent on the West Coast, and neither of us have really been there, so we wouldn't I'm know. Not, yeah, I'm honestly not sure if this is a kind of school that exists, or if this is something that was invented in France. Yeah, so that's true. And if 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 it, if it's made then then made in Europe, the European uh, schedule of higher education is a little bit different. So anyway, the uh, yeah, it is like a preparatory school or. Art school, it is it is still high school because, you know, this thing, this, since this is a coming-of-age tale and it's drawing on a lot of high school tropes, it's got to be set in high school. If, they, if it was actual college, then they'd have to, you know, change it to college. Also, colleges don't really have principals and the whole setup is kind of yeah. different. Yeah, it's like, that's why they have a principal there and, you know, the social interactions of college are so much more different. Yeah, but it is a, it's what it is. It's a boarding school. Yeah, it's sort. It is. There's a bit more of a. It's a supposed to be like an elite school where kids with real promise go so that they can presumably get into colleges that will fast track them to greatness, as it were. Uh huh. And it specializes in art, and uh, at least from the perspective we see, there are other courses. Like Warren is very into the sciences, but yeah, I, I don't think it specializes in art. But it has a really good art program, which is really rare these days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that might be another sign that it came from France. That you know, so much effort is being put into the arts here. But then again, I'm not sure if this. Uh, then again, this is uh, this is also probably a private academy. It mm-hmm. is, yeah. and also I think the like uh, the being into photography, I think, is something kind of to indicate what kind of a character Max is, because mm. there are certain you know like the sort of 
art hipster aesthetic. Right. I don't know. Yeah. People who think about things in terms of yeah. photography and stuff. So we've gone, uh, you know, we've gone this long without mentioning the other main character, and you kind of have to do that, and that's Chloe. You know, mm-hmm. who was Max's real great friend from town before she left for five years and never wrote. Yeah, and that supports sticking. <laughs> that's a bit of a sticking point. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you know, it turns out Chloe's life has changed in a uh, great deal in a, the span of five years. You know, she is not what one would traditionally refer to as a good kid. Yeah, you know, speaking of archetypes, she's the cliched, you know, rebel punk character. You know, complete with tattoos, you know, dropped out of, you know, um, not so much dropped out, but expelled, you know, and is on a... Dyes her hair blue. Yeah. Although not often enough, because she has some nasty roots when she takes that beanie off. <laughs> I actually thought that was a nice touch. Like, oh, no, it's very realistic. It's just... Well, yeah, it's like, it's actual dyed hair, not anime hair. Yeah. Like, her hair is blue all over, and it always stays blue. You know, you also you can also see it getting more brown and less blue as the episodes go on. Well, and also if you go into her bathroom when you go to her house, you can actually find the blue hair dye. Yeah, you. Yeah, the point is, it's a nice touch. You know? and it's all a part of her super rebellious phase. You know, you know she. But she, yeah, she was she was. Um a good kid when she was younger, but like her father died and she doesn't like her mother's new boyfriend slash husband. I'm not sure if they're actually married. Husband. Yeah, they actually husband. married. Yeah. Step douche as he's called. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they never real they don't interact much, so they uh, well all of their interactions are the most Joyce part and are, da- Yeah, Joyce and David I mean don't interact a whole time. Yeah. Uh yeah. And, you know, she she plays the yin to the yang kind of deal. Like, she's everything that, you know, Max isn't. Also, she's adventurous I, and cool and in a lot of trouble all the time. <laughs> also, I, I do think she has the best purveyance of uh, emotional uh, range and conveyance. In that I could actually tell what emotions she, were, she was going through at any given point. Yeah, that dull surprise really kind of undercut things at points. Ah, right. Uh, let's see. Anything else to cover as far as overview goes? Um, not that I can think of. Well, just we could all, I don't think, I don't know if we've specifically mentioned that it's, so she gets back to school and then has in the very, like at the very beginning of the game, has a dream. And then shortly after that learns that she can well, go back in time to change things, which is kind of what sets off the whole story. Well, yeah, we've mentioned in passing that uh, time travel is involved. Yeah. We can leave the rest of that when we actually go talk deep into the story. Yeah. I, I suppose as far as uh, mechanics go, that's kind of like that's kind of done Prince of Persia style, although you actually have control over it instead of like dying. Mm-hmm. And you know, actually, it's one of the ways that like the the people I watched let's play in this game 
had a couple of, and I think would have thrown me off too. Some of the uh, ways that the actual time, that the uh, time reversing mechanic works. Uh, we'll get in, we'll get into this more during the. Yeah, yeah, time. I know what we're talking. You're talking yeah, about and save that for because later. Because I have some things to say about that myself. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else to go over? Um, I suppose price is an issue. Um, you can get the game for I uh, from normally I believe about twenty dollars. Uh, I think that's what it said. Yeah. Um, well, um, like the first episode is five dollars usually. I mean, we're right at the end of the winter Steam sale, so you can still get this game. Um, I don't think that. Yeah, I the, mean, this, a sale is always good. I don't think the full price is even necessarily... I mean, if you are only going to play it once, it might be, but this game actually has a decent amount of... Yeah, l- let me finish. If you're interested in inter- intricacies, it has an interest. It has a decent amount of yeah. replaying to see how things go differently. Yeah. Le- yeah, it's like... Time-wise, you can get a lot out of it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, right now, at this point... Uh, in the recording, you can get the first episode for two forty nine, and the entire collection for thirteen thirty nine, and that is well worth the purchase. I'd say this game is worth the full price purchase if you don't. Yeah. If you get it for you know the first episode is usually five dollars, and the entire series is twenty dollars. That's actually a, a kind of a bargain considering how how much Telltale charges for their um, games. Yeah, I yeah, have seen a lot of that. Yeah, this is it. There's a lot of stuff in this, at least. Yeah, yeah, we all got like 20 hours at least out of it. So, yeah, and, and given that the, you know, it's like as far as buying the retail edition, the premium edition, um, I'm not quite sure. I, I, hang on a moment while I look up the what comes with that. Yeah, because. I, I know it's not just uh, the game. Life yeah, I, I think it might have the soundtrack with it. Yeah, like uh, life. Yeah, Life is Strange is getting a limited edition physical release for North America. Like, I think North America and Europe, and also it's coming to Japan next year. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Page yeah. art book, soundtrack, original score, and a director commentary. Yeah. Also worth noting, this game will come on a disc. It's still going to have Steamworks, but it, it's not just going to be a box with code in it. It's going to have an actual um, DVD in it. Mm-hmm. So, and it looks like it's going to run a, uh, like nine, about 20 pounds. So, about $40 in American money, um, if they are indeed releasing a Europe, um, a American version of that. I'm like, still, that, still that, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good um, purchase for a limited edition. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, 
you know, in terms of content, in terms of um, time, value per dollar, and all those metrics, uh, yeah, this game is absolutely worth your time, either digitally or physically. Uh, now, whether or not you can connect to that content, I suppose is going to be the big hinging factor. And that might be, I mean, that might be a good reason to start with the first episode and then get the rest of them if you're doing it digitally. Okay. I mean, the acting and the story develops a lot from the first episode, but yeah, uh, it, it's available if you want to just try it first. Yeah. Well, well, there is also a free demo available. Yeah. And uh, also on the special edition that is also coming to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So if you own a console and you want to play this, you can do that. I guess if you own, just not the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3, though. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting if they improve the graphics, but I doubt they will much, aside from maybe resolution. I don't think the graphics are going to give any... This is just a compilation of mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. No, this is kind of the... You know, this is, this is the exact equivalent of buying a DVD box set of a show. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of buying, like, the individual episodes that they, you know, like, they released a volume one, a volume two, and uh, they had like five episodes there. You know, it's the entire season on one uh, set. All right. So, with that in mind, uh, this is your final warning. Uh, we're it's about to be spoiled. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe to... maybe a quick no spoilers. Well, I guess we kind of did say our overall opinion of it, but yeah, that would be yeah. the only thing we haven't done yet. Yeah, yeah, we're moving on to the spoiler section. So, if you want to play the game blind, uh, now is the chance to now is the chance to jump off because after this, we're not you know we're, we're not leaving anything on the cutting room floor because well there's a lot to talk. So, about. if you listen to this and decide to complain about us spoiling it to you, we warned you beforehand. So. All right, Petty Fan, uh, play us. It is weird to hear that during one of the reviews, but you know, mm-hmm. so here we are. Hey, but keeps us from having to spoil things for people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, welcome to the storyline discussion portion of the uh, review. All right, so where do we start here? Where do we start here? At the beginning. Like, do we start at the beginning or do we start at the end? Uh, you guys seem pissed more about the end, but... Well... <laughs> I mean, try to try to work your way along to the what pissed me off the most kind of thing. Yeah, uh, well, there are several things. I'm like... It's what okay, so this is another one of those games where, you know, it tries to make every choice seem profound. Mm-hmm. And this game goes a lot better than some things than some adventure games do in terms of there being possibility to actually change things. Like a lot of adventure games would not have integrated the fact that you can actually have an influence on whether a character lives or dies, but then that character's Either way, it 
is different in later episodes that they and it comes up. Yeah, I think that I think where they got this right the most was in Kate's death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like now, granted, they had to cheat to do this because. All right, relating to what I was, we were hinting about in the uh, previous section, the time travel powers are inconsistent as fuck. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not bound by any set rules, and it's very clear that, you know, they're written to be as convenient and inconvenient as the plot dictates. Like, the closest well, one, rule one, she has is at least canonically it's stated that she has about 30-second window to rewind. Right. But gameplay-wise, you have it until you leave the area. The, the the thing that's weird playing that could throw you off a little bit that threw off a couple times the person who I was watching play is that um, you the time travel thing allows you to quote unquote teleport because while everything around you moves backwards you can still be where you were afterwards yeah you are stationary when you go back yeah so sometimes you can lose track of things and stuff that way. Well, and that's also a gameplay mechanic because sometimes you have to, like, get into an office. I mean, it's in the tutorial. You have to, te- you have to time teleport to get get around a tree that's in your way. Right. But uh... yeah, but like, like I said, the time travel powers are very much written as the plot demands because you know, like. At one point, um, Max is able to slow down time. Yeah. And that never comes up again. Yeah, there's some, I think, um, evolution and occasional degradation of her powers with the requisite, uh, I'm fucking up the world of physics, the physics of the world, therefore my nose is bleeding, side effects. Um, It's not handled very well at all, though. Because it's very clear, like, all of a sudden, her po- you know, it's like all of a sudden her powers stop working, and that's because they've got to make a major choice and have it affect the rest of the game. And they, you know, and you know, from a mechanics point of view, it makes sense. From a storyline perspective, it does not, because they they, yeah, they they don't really. I mean, aside from the fact that her powers are not very reliable. Yeah, they it's don't just, really go. They don't really explain why any of this is happening. Yeah, it's like, and then at one point, you know, she develops um, Ashton Kutcher's powers from the butterfly effect, and <laughs> it, it it just comes about because you know a storyline point about Chloe blaming her dad for dying, and that's why her life is such shit, and. You know, episode three. It ties ends. into the photography theme of the game too. Yeah, and episode three ends with you um, having the chance. You can actually let um, uh, William die again. Well, no, you actually have to. I think the plot won't let you not let him die. Huh. Interesting. But yeah, and while that, while the final moments of uh, episode three with. Where, oh, uh, where this this series at its most melodramatic because I, I'm like I actually busted out laughing when they had Chloe in a wheelchair and I'm like I don't think it's unrealistic 
it's not unrealistic. I can, that, I can see it happening if her, if everything's going fine, her being a little reckless and just getting in a car accident. Cause, yes. That's not unrealistic. That's not my problem. I just laugh because, of course, they did this in order to make this not a good reality. Uh, it was a little creepy even before that, but yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I'm like, okay. Also, the universe clearly wants Chloe dead, so. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of the under well, that's kind of the underlying uh, underlying current that kicks this whole thing off. Chloe was supposed to be shot by Nathan, and because Max used her, you know, all of a sudden... Yeah, that's how Max learns to use her powers, is by, holy okay. shit, my, that, she just died. Uh, that can't happen, and she accidentally goes back in time. Well, at the time, she didn't even know who Chloe was. Yeah. The point is... But, you but, know, it, but she was still shocked that she was in the bathroom taking a picture, and, uh, oh, there's a drug deal going on in the bathroom. I'm going to hide. Oh, shit, one of the people in the drug deal shot the other one. The, the point is, causality got broken, and, you know, some people complained about this, but, you know, having Chloe die to write the universe makes sense. What doesn't make sense is the fucking storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that the fact that the uh, <laughs> motherfucking death storm of all apocalypses is this is like planet. the literal manifestation of a butterfly flapping its wings, causing a tornado. Except instead of on the other side of the world, it's just in the harbor just outside. Yeah, and, and it's like okay, if Chloe's and, and, and here's the thing: if Chloe's supposed to die. Why the fuck is why is why the fuck is causality taking it out on the town? They the town didn't do anything to you, time stream. Like there was kind of an implication early in the game that the Vortex Club was somehow a cult that, that might have been see, something about that, but that does not ha- end up to be true. So well, see, yeah. that's, another, that, that's another that's another big problem with this game. There are so many plot cul-de-sacs. I lost point. Uh, I lost track at some point. Like this, mm-hmm. this is this is the game that uh, went into uh, Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's uh, gun dealership yeah. and uh, left with like one pistol, but left all the rifles on the wall. Pretty much, like <laughs> like like it, it very like very clearly that, that fucking whirlwind was uh, supposed. I thought it was connect, It was supposed to be connected to the Vortex Club, and you know they seem to be hinting that you know the Prescotts were involved in a doomsday cults. That all got dropped. In fact, most of the shit dealing with the Prescotts ended up being... Being moot at best. Yeah, it's like all of their corruption, all of their owning the town ended up being fucking pointless. And that's so much of this game ended up being fucking pointless. Well, pretty much... I mean, I guess is kind of realistic because the real world doesn't necessarily follow narrative tropes, but... Games do, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, this gets no points for being realistic, because I don't think that was their intent. Like... Yeah, they pro- more, it's fairly likely that there were some rewrites going on. That, and uh, they probably had to rush and focus more and more on the actual meat of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, especially with the last episode... Um, kind of suffering from budget constraints. Yeah. I mean, 
because all of a because you know speaking of things that shouldn't be shouldn't have been, been there um like the last part a lot of the last parts of the game go into the metaphysical mm-hmm. i'm like what the hell you know why are we all of a sudden battling in the mi- mind's eye like that's not you know it's like that's not where the series was going mm-hmm. and and there was no It'd be different if there's like a hint towards they were trying to go there, but it was just suddenly poof. You know, and you know, I, I think they were trying to frame it as, you know, all time and space collapsing upon itself. But no, no, this is this is Max going into her mind and dealing with the shit that's been haunting her for the entire game series. Basically, she's becoming one hell of a killer. There was no town. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, the big decision in this game, outside of having Kate live or die, because that is like the only time one of these big choices actually mattered, because like episode three ends up being like you know that that ended up being it's a- kind of the usual you go back in time to fix the problem but accidentally make the problem worse, so you have to go back and fix your fixing of it. Oh, they love that trope. They, they yeah. really love that trope. That was and, like and episode and, four and five. And that's the, that's the thing that makes this so baffling. That the the th- the thing that confuses me is why the final choice is so one sided. I know they mm-hmm. tried to frame it as ambiguous, but no, it's very clear. Like they pretty much bludgeon it into your head that Chloe's supposed to die. I think partially they're well. Definitely, there would have been a major fan revolt if that was like too strongly implied to be right, because a lot of the fan base likes Chloe more than the town. Well, I mean, uh, my point is the uh, the the bad ending is so lazy; it it, it really does come across as an afterthought. Like, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I uh, see what you mean by that. I don't entirely agree with you. I'm like, well, here's well, here, here's a hint that this was the afterthought. They reused a song. They reused mm-hmm. that obstacle song for the bad ending, whereas the good ending, so to speak, where Chloe dies but the town is still intact, gets a gets a new song just for that segment. Scene. That's the little shit that really reveals what what they, they definitely they definitely could have done the uh sacrifice the town ending with more detail and stuff. And my, I and don't think to, it necessarily should have been a bad ending, but yeah. And getting to my point here is this what what baffles me is we don't see like the consequences of the actions fully. Like yeah, we see the town broken. But we don't see who lived, who died, and we don't see Max living with the choice. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's the big one right there. Yeah, if you make that choice, I think the most charitable interpretation is that Max and Chloe decide to completely leave the town behind them, and therefore you don't see anything about it aside from them leaving. But even given that, there still could have been a lot more detail. Yeah. yeah, literally the good ending affected Max more than the bad ending. Yeah. 
and that comes back to the whole um, facial animations kind of uh, not coming through because, you know, uh, they, mild disappointment, I think, was mm-hmm. the expression I got from them. Well, I, like, think, I think to some extent it would be like you are slightly in a state of shock, maybe. But Well, it's less shock and more, holy fuck, I'm watching my best friend die again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fun part about this one is that Chloe doesn't know Max is back. That's the real kicker there. As far as that Chloe is concerned, Max never came back. Right. And perhaps the most problematic aspect of the grand choice is this wasn't intentional, but they still hit the barrier gaze trope. So... One thing so far is that if if you you can throughout the entire let's game. Finish. Sorry. God. Seriously, let, let me make my point. Okay. Yeah. So, one of the things we haven't touched upon yet until this moment is you know kind of the fluid sexuality that's going on in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Because, and I do applaud them for this, you know. The, the sexuality here is very Keynesian. You know, it's not, or non-binary, if you will. It, it, you know, Max and Chloe aren't strictly heterosexual. They aren't strictly, you know, gay. You know, they are in a state of fluctuating bisexuality, which you do see a lot in teenage, you know, teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like, they are exploring themselves and they are trying to determine what they are attracted to. And let us be clear here. You know, the story of Max and Chloe is a love story. Maybe not necessarily a romantic one, depending on your choices. It can be, you know, once again, depending on your choices. And the most, and where they fall into the whole barrier gaze thing is the most romantic they get is they actually they actually share the deep and passionate kiss before Chloe uh, dies, basically. And they don't kiss if you keep Chloe alive and sacrifice the town. Yeah. Uh, they've actually given reasons stated for this. Mostly, um, they, yeah. they said, it's not a good time or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't a good time, but you know, according to the Word of God, they did have that big damn kiss a few days afterwards. I'm like, once again, that's something that should have been shown and not told after the fact. That that just kind of hold, feeds into the whole unfortunate you use this trope even though you pr- didn't intend on using this trope uh, thing. Um, anyway, so, Galax, now you can make your point. I know. I was, well, I had a couple of things. I don't know which. Yes, uh, uh, I think it does kind of fall into the, I mean, it makes sense that the last choice is kind of, you can pretty much eschew everything that came before when one of the choices is to reset the whole thing, but they didn't, the, the, uh, what's the final resolution of it as a relationship or not is kind of, it's not handled as well as it could have been, but um, it's not, unsalvageable in terms of looking at it. And I definitely think that while that the ch- 
choice, while clearly it's like one thing, it seems like it's a good idea to, you know, not have the whole town die. They, at the same time, it is clearly developed through the game that these characters are, that Chloe and Max are very important to each other, so I don't think that that's necessarily an unreasonable choice. Sorry. It's not an unreasonable choice. It's more unintended implications. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're not actually using the barrier gay trope. They're, they're not killing her because, you know, she's a lesbian or anything. They're killing her because, you know, causality demands it. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, unfortunately with everything that happened the way it did, you know, they have, you know, provided you you made the appropriate pro-Chloe choices in the game, because they can also not kiss. Yeah, I got the ending where they didn't kiss. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have, A, I'm pretty sure you have to, or at least it's worth a lot if you kissed her that one time when you had the choice to. Yes. Uh, and then also there are various other things where you can, like, resolve things in the Chloe way or the not Chloe way, and yeah. going for the Chloe way makes her like you more. So, yeah, the point is, it's not, you know, it's hard to determine the canonicity of everything, but, you know, when you, when the only time you you hit the, you know, the big damn kiss is, you know, when you're, you know, when you're at the sacrificial altar, you know, you hit the truck nonetheless. You know, it's unfortunate, but unintentional. You know, it's something that could have been fixed had they put more effort in the other ending, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you at least showed them a couple days later. And, you know, depending on the choices you had made, you know, if you made enough Chloe's choices there, you know, you get the big damn kiss, you know, while the, while she's trying to comfort Max for yeah, making the choice that she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar to the, like, the Kate thing. Yeah. You can actually make enough pro-Kate choices to save her. Yes. It's kind of hard to save her, but you can do it. I think the chief thing that, from what I, from what I gather, is you have to really inspect her room when you're in it yes. to, to get all the information you need to give the right answers to the things to say when you're trying to talk her down. Also, it kind of, it kind of annoyed me that I couldn't um, say, um, you know, keep the really good ending. You know, the, the one where um, all the enemies are defeated and Max gets to go to San Francisco because she won the Everyday Heroes contest. Mm-hmm. Though, well, well really, the, the, the reason you couldn't keep that is because the town got destroyed without you being there, and presumably Club, but Chloe died too then. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, that, that's kind of the... <laughs> Although I think they talk, don't, they mention a few times, if you go looking for it, that there are a lot of, like, reinforced bunkers in this town for some reason, so... The only one we know about is the one in the Prescott barn. Yeah. <laughs> the dark room. What does this say? Vault one one one. What's that about? Yeah, see, the, 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 there's the whole Prescott thing. They were, you know, it's like they were very clearly, like, like I said, I think something got lost because you know 
I don't think the vortex was supposed to be part of the causality. You know, I think that was supposed to come at regardless of the choices Max made, because that's what really makes sense. That's why it would make sense for that thing to appear at all. Because I'm like, why the fuck? I could never get over because Kazali found plenty of ways to kill Chloe. Why the fuck is it doing with, you know, with this huge ass storm that doesn't even do its fucking job? I think Chloe helped kill Chloe like a lot, but my point is, it's possible for that storm to not kill Chloe. Right. So, what the fuck? What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, unless it's she basically has to choose the town or Chloe. It's like I really don't know. Yeah, it's like what's uh, you know, it's like logically speaking, this thing doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. and it kind of exposes the storyline scene. Like this was very clearly meant to be tied into the Prescott apocalypse aborted storyline and more than anything else. But so one thing we haven't talked about yet is the killer. You know, which one? Well, I, there's only one actual, well, unless you count the storm or Chloe. No, no, they both kill somebody. Yeah. It's like both Nathan and Mr. Jordan, Jefferson. Yeah, there we go, Mr. Jefferson. Yeah, they, you know, they they accidentally killed uh, Rachel. Uh, you know, it's like the. I guess they're more. They were more serial sexual assaultists. They weren't mm-hmm. quite rapists because you know they didn't. More exploitive. Yeah. You know. Like, they didn't usually kill their victims until, like, uh, shit started going south. And then, like, that's another thing. The bodies really started piling up there at the end there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just kind of, like, you know, uh, they just kind of glossed over, like, Victoria getting killed. Yeah. Or the fact that the storm still happened even though Jefferson put a bullet in Chloe's head. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, but, but she's dead. Uh, you fucked with causality. I still call. <laughs> uh, pretty much. You know, and, but, and my point for bringing this up is, well, Life is Strange, I don't want to say deals with a lot of dark shit. It brings up a lot of dark shit, mm-hmm. but... That, that brings it brings it up as sort of plot points. Like I I I would say if it does deal with an actual teen subject, it's bullying. Mm-hmm. Like I I think that's the one that they got the most right. Like they really do showcase the damage bullying can do to the teenage psyche. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the eventual consequences. And apparently Galax is having some problems with this connection over there. My everything else is fine, but Skype was being super dead. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm like, 
So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, like it brings up everything from euthanasia to sexual assault, to, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, identity crisis, and it just kind of them, uses them as plot points and actual, you know, identifiers. Or, you know, so it brings up the dark points, but doesn't do anything with them. Basically. But uh, oh, jeez, what next? Right. right um, I did. I did kind of like that. There are a lot of smaller choices that can add up to yeah. things later on during this during the game. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, I think addressing some of the. Uh, some of the things we alluded to in the first section, like, um, namely, the dimensionality of uh, some of the characters, like Na- like Nathan. Nathan is a really good uh, spotlight here, because initially he, you know, you know, he's pretty one-dimensional. He's like the alpha jock guy whose rich parents run the town and stuff. But well, it's more he's a paranoid nutcase. Yeah, he's not. That, that, that's not a the jock. actual he's, case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan he's, wasn't the jock. That was Zachary. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, Zachary okay. was just kind of a neutral character. Like, he was there. He got stoned, I think, and that was about it. But I'm like Nathan was, you know, Nathan was a, you know, initially he. He's presented as, well, a very unhinged psychopath. And as it turns out, yes, he is an unhinged psychopath, but he also has a litany of mental issues. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, the, and his parents pretty much abused him. Maybe not yeah. physically, but there was a lot of mental abuse. Oh, yeah. You know? his, his father was a right dick. Yeah. And, you know, it led him to being very vulnerable, and uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Well, exactly sure why Jefferson, or but you know, took this kid under his wing. I mean, yeah, okay, the money and the uh, access was something, but I'm like, come on, he had to have seen that this guy was a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know. That was kind of his mistake. Serious psychological issues. Yeah, it's like that was you know that was Jefferson's mistake. You know, mm-hmm. not be you know not taking into account that the eventuality that Nathan would fuck up and continue to fuck up because you know th- this guy is barely keeping it together. Yeah. You know, and hell, the, hell in the once again in the good ending. That's what really undoes Jefferson. And I guess that's kind of another complaint that I had, you know. Um, Chloe's choice, it turns out if Chloe had done nothing, um, most of everything would have resolved itself anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, hell. Max has done anything, you mean. Yeah, sorry. The time travel was just something she got randomly, and the first thing she saw was, this is what will happen if you do this. Yeah. And, like, it's not like there was something good for her to accomplish. It just, no. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, you know, yeah, it turns out Nathan was, you know, you know, Nathan shot Chloe. He got arrested. He cracked really fucking quick. 
and that led to Jefferson getting arrested, you know, mm-hmm. before he, uh, you know. And I don't think even Kate committed suicide in that reality. No, no, she did not. She probably, there's probably too much else going on. Yeah. Well, no, because Jefferson is the one who fucked with Kate. Yeah, Jefferson... That basically yeah. pushed her to suicide. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, Jefferson was the one who... Uh, uh, not that everyone didn't else didn't help, but... Well, yeah, that, yeah but I guess I'm assuming that once Jefferson went down, he spilled what the fuck he did. Well, it's also, remember, when Nathan, you know, with Nathan and Jefferson going down, I'm presuming that the, that Vortex party was canceled. Oh, yeah. But remember, this was before the Vortex party, and remember, and Nathan was the drug supplier. You know, he's the one who got the product for Jefferson in order to drug the girls in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like, I'm trying to remember the drug dealer's name. Like Frank. Un- Frank. Frank. There we go. Frank. Frankie he, Pompadou. Yeah. Yeah. He was an interesting character. Yeah. He and a lot of the other yeah. not-so-good characters are not as bad as they initially well, appear. Well, yeah. He was kind of representative of, you know, the hard times that the town was going going through. I'm like, and, and once again, Tyson too. Clearly, there was a there was a bigger storyline that they were that that they were going with because you know even before all the weather was getting fucked up and the whales, like the fish were dying. That seems to be. Well, I, yeah, I think that was part of the Prescotts doing. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, the. the like I said, there are just so many plot cul-de-sacs when it comes to the Prescotts and what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's Aside like, from not, man, not, not necessarily economically managing well a uh, North Pacific well, whaling town that well, wasn't that, doing so well. See, that, that was the implication, though. Apparently, like, the economic mismanagement was intentional so that they could... Yeah seize control of the town and, you know, turn it all upscale. Like, it, mm-hmm. the ultimate gentrification. And it just didn't go anywhere. Like, so much of this... Sh- I, I suppose that at the end of the day is my biggest problem with this game. So much shit never went anywhere. Like, forgot- Which I think, is, I think is potentially just sort of a categorical problem with uh, episodic games. Could, when you're spreading things out over time, there's so many more chances for things to just get dropped and not actually cut. All right, so I think we should uh, about wrap things up because I think we've been going for about an hour and a half here. Mm-hmm. Not surprising that this would be our longest review to date. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of shit happened, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I don't think we've touched upon everything. Like, I, I haven't even touched upon the influences that this game draws upon. I mean, hell, it, where are some of them in the license plate, like Twin Peaks and the Twilight Zone? But... Turns out it's man. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. This is the cookbook. But the thing is, life is strange, you know, is definitely something you should experience for yourself so you can make up your own mind about yeah, I honestly hope not too many people listen to all the spoilers before playing. 
I kind of. Well, we warned them. We warned them. I know. Yeah. We. I, I kind of regret watching Let's Plays before I tried to play it myself. Well, I told you, you know, go play the game. You know, it's like. Well, it was a lot. I'd watched the Let's Plays like right back when it came out. Oh, well. You didn't know you would be reviewing the game at the time. Right. Anyway. If so, I had, I wouldn't have. You know, so if you stuck with us this whole time, yeah, we still recommend playing this game. It's like, you know, it's a really good game for fostering debate, if nothing else. Oh, but uh, anyway, so be sure to join us uh, this upcoming Wednesday as our proper season debut happens, we'll be doing a episode-long interview with the great Tom Hall. Um, you know, he's one of the he's a storied industry veteran. He's one of the um, co-founders of ID Software. You know, he worked on games like um, Doom, Wolfenstein 3D. Um, his posted work includes stuff like. Duke Nukem games, uh, Terminal Velocity, his crowning achievement is probably um, and Chrononauts. Uh, kind of his ode to Cyberpunk and Chrono Trigger. Yeah. And, you know, since this is one of those industry figures that, you know, has a long history, it's going to be one of those um, there is no topic of discussion this week. No. We were originally supposed to have a Tuesday interview with Atari, but some stuff got delayed, so that's happening in February now. And next week we will be back with a, a review of Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Uh, anyway, until next time, I wish you good gaming. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.